Without any further ado, I'm going to turn things over to Deputy Executive Vice President of Talent Live Events and Creative, Paul Triple H Levesque. I thank you guys very much uh, and welcome to the call again. I appreciate everybody being here and I appreciate the time that you guys take to, to be a part of this, um, especially those in the international media that are here today with a lot of things going on internationally uh, right now in WWE. I look forward to hearing your questions. Um, this is an exciting week for us. Tonight on the network, you'll get to see the 90-minute uh, special version of, of the stuff that we just did in the UK, in Norwich, uh, which was excellent, I feel, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to fans having a chance to um, further invest in our UK efforts and the talent that we have, and it's just one more step in the process of us um, localizing content and putting something strong on the ground in the UK and and around the globe. Um, this is just getting started. It uh, it takes a little while. I'm sure there's some questions out there about that. It takes a little while to get these things going. We want to make sure we do it in the right way. We're not looking to do something uh, super fast. We're looking to do it um, so that we know we made the right decisions um, going down the road two, three, five years from now, you know. Um, and then tomorrow, NXT TakeOver from one of my favorite arenas anywhere in the world, in, in Chicago, the Allstate Arena. That building is just um, it's a magical place. I feel like uh, the, the fan base there is incredible. And I look forward to bringing them um, something a little bit unique from what goes there on a regular basis. This kind of being the first time that NXT comes in there a little grittier and a little bit more uh, down and dirty, so to speak, and and I think NXT uh, takeover on on Saturday will deliver that. It's a it's a really uh, big card. I feel like Bobby Roode against Hideo Itami, and and Hideo with something big to prove here. Kind of a stutter stop in his career, and he's had to sit back and watch a lot of people come in and and make a, a name for themselves and make a way for themselves, and and he's had setback after setback after setback, and I really feel like he is looking to really make a statement Saturday and, and uh, get himself moving in a positive direction. Oscar versus Ruby Riot, Nikki Cross. It's exciting to see the evolution of, of a couple of our newer talent and Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot and Oscar continues to be Oscar. The, um, the match that I'm really excited about, and, and I know it's, this has been going on for a while, but I'm excited about it to, to kind of see this chapter of, and the final chapter probably of, of Authors of Pain versus DIY in a ladder match, which always brings something unique to this. Um, you know, DIY, probably one of the most popular and most accomplished tag teams that we have in NXT. This match kind of in their wheelhouse. And, and AOP are just two young guys that just, they haven't been doing this for a long time, but they've just really continued to impress me and, um, you know, when you when you look at the length of time they've been in the in the actual business period, um, it's very short, and they've come a long way. And I'm really impressed with them, and I'm looking for something big for this. Uh, to me, it's it has a potential to steal the night by far. And then something different for NXT is is tonight's, uh, or will uh, will kind of be following off of tonight's special. But as Tyler Bate defending the UK Championship against Pete Dunne in a rematch from. Uh, a great match that they had at the UK tournament. And uh, this should be something special, completely different styles, completely different 
presentation of, of the European style, but just two amazingly talented guys that are, you know, uh, Tyler is 20 and I think Pete's 23. Um, it's just amazing, you know, where they are at in their careers and um, where they have the potential to go. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I want to thank everybody out there for an unbelievably successful WrestleMania week. And I know all of you were reporting on it and, and out there and taking place in a lot of the events we did. So I just wanted to say thanks because your continued support in, in every way of what we do, um, you know, event-wise, kind of CSR-wise in the community, everything else, it just continues to grow and to spread. And, and um, it's really hard to, to put into words how big WrestleMania week has become. It's interesting to me when the guys, when I was in the UK just now with the guys in Norwich and to, to, to see their impressions of WrestleMania week kind of from the inside of the WWE as they participated in a lot of things, it's, it's mind-blowing. And you forget as you get in the day to the day of what you're doing, um, I think for all of us, how, how big it has become and what a really culturally significant event around the world it's become. Um, and that will continue and continue to grow and with your help. So thank you. And um, also, I just want to mention that, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming up as we continue to grow in the UK and continue to expand that localized content, but also in the next few weeks, we'll have a lot more information coming up that we will put out there on the women's tournament. That is something that has been um, a significant project, a passion project for me that I've been working on for a long time. And everybody here has been working extremely hard on it. And I, I think that uh, the closer and closer we get to it, we know when it is now and, and how it's going to be laid out. And um, I'm really excited about this. I think this is going to be another one of those just really um, – magical things that is going to kind of, uh, I think just take women in our industry in a, in a whole nother trajectory level and, and just really increase the viewing of, of what they do and people's acceptance of what they do and everything about it. It's just going to be a positive in every way. So with that said, um, I don't think I missed anything in the setup. So, uh, I will open it up to the first caller. And this is like the, I feel like it's like a lottery now. And the first caller is? Guys, as usual, please keep it to one question and one follow-up per outlet. Thank you. If you'd like to ask a question, please signal by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Again, press star 1 to ask a question. Our first question comes from Mike Johnson from PW Insider. Hey, guys. How are you today? Adam just gave me ten dollars. Thanks, Mike. Oh, well, uh, I, I, I'll call. I'll, I'll call at some point for my ten percent. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> got to pre-negotiate um, this stuff, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I, I should have learned. Um, uh, Tommy, this is a big weekend for him. Uh, you know, you mentioned he had the start and the stop. He's obviously had a lot of injury issues. In the beginning, there was a transition uh, where it seemed like he was having difficulties coming from Japan over here. Um, I feel like this is this is probably the biggest match of his career in the United States. If this doesn't go well for him, is this the end of the Atami experiment, or do we go back to the well and try to figure out a different way to present him? Because I feel like you look at 
the fact that he signed in 2014, much of the NXT roster that was there has moved on. Obviously, he's had mitigating circumstances, but what if he goes out there with Bobby Roode this weekend and it doesn't, it doesn't work the way that you probably envision it and hope that it will work? What, what then for Tommy? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, think, I think I would deal with that when it comes. Look, I, I like to be on the positive side, and, and, um, and I have nothing but respect for Adeo and, and, man, everything that he's gone through. It's, it's difficult to leave a place that you're a big star and a big name, be one of the first guys to take that big gamble and come over and um, – be presented in a big way, and then have setback after setback after setback. And and some of that setback starting out and, I think, being uncomfortable and intimidated and, you know, uh, just struggling to, to find his footing. And that happens with some of the talent. I don't care where they've been and how good they've been. Some come in and struggle with it. Some don't. Um, it, it, I don't know why that is. It's a, I think it's a confidence issue and, uh, and just a – uh, feeling comfortable in the, in the environment, and we try to make them feel as comfortable as possible. But it just it just is what it is. Um, look, I, I'm as hard as I have seen him work, as good of a guy as he is, and um, you know he has he has put his heart and soul into making this happen. And you know it's funny to me, like whenever somebody gets injured like that, I I feel terrible for them, and I think he almost feels bad like for us like he's been this bad investment for us i don't see it that way at all um i at this point am optimistically uh just excited about his opportunity that sits in front of him on saturday and um i think he's a he's a big player and i think he will rise to the occasion because that's what big players do when you're somebody like him hopefully he will rise to this occasion and we won't have to worry about that conversation but if it doesn't, then he and I will discuss it and um, and and see what he wants to do next and and what those next steps are and and we would go from there and and see and maybe representing it maybe I don't know we would we would figure that out at the time. All right, and then just a quick follow up question. Um, obviously, this is a quick turnaround for another takeover event. Is is this sort of a sign we're going to see more takeover events uh, in general? as you guys roll out over the next year or so? Because obviously content is king, and NXT is a big cornerstone of the WWE Network at this point. Are we looking at more live events from NXT uh, as we roll out the next year and a half or so? I I think it's going to depend. You know, this one was more – it it was kind of the perfect storm of of things where we finished up Mania. The next of the big four pay-per-views was SummerSlam. That was a long time creatively to not have something of a, of a big flag a tentpole event or a stick a flag in the ground here. We're going to build to this and, and go from there. Um, Chicago, man, I've, I've, I've been trying to get to Chicago with the brand and uh, with a takeover in a big way since the beginning of it, you know, and um, there was, there was the opportunity to do it and it fit right. You know, the, the network is a giant puzzle when you talk about the programming, where does, where do things fit and where do you want to put them up and how do you get the most bang for the buck out of all of them? Um, you know, it, it fit perfectly. It was a little bit soon, but it, it actually worked out great. And, you know, and we'll move forward from here. And, you know, as you come into the summer, there's a lot of other things going on with the women's tournament and, and, more and more things in the UK. So it's, it's where we need that programming. 
All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the time. Thank you. And we'll take our next question from Kenny McIntosh from The Daily Record. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Kenny. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask you a quick question about, obviously, in the last 12 months, there's been so much happening in WWE with, you know, SmackDown becoming its own brand and all that sort of stuff. Um, but at NXT TakeOver Orlando, we saw Drew McIntyre in the front row returning to the company. And I just kind of wondered, can you talk through a little bit? Obviously, he left a few years ago. He wasn't happy with how things had ended, and he went away and reinvented himself. And I think people have been able to see on the NXT TV show just how different a performer he is now and, and why now is the right time for him. Well, yeah, look, I think that at the time for Drew, at the time for the WWE, at the time for all of it, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to him was he's always been an immensely talented guy. Sometimes it's just too much, too soon, too young, not mature enough, not a lot of things, right? And then it goes the way it goes, and then the best thing you can do is to walk away from it and go prove yourself someplace else. And and uh, guys that do that, man, that's 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 what it is. And I respect that. I respect that a lot. I respect what he did in, in the fact of, look. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave there and I'm gonna go take everything that I picked up and learned and have in my arsenal and I'm gonna go take it around the world and I'm gonna show everybody how good I am and then I'm gonna come back when the time is right for me. I think he's done that. I think he's proven that to the to the world um, on the indie kind of scene and where he needed to and and you can watch that growth be consistent over the over a period of time. Uh, I, I think Jinder Mahal is another guy. You know, you put them in the same mix, but right, he he left um, and came back a different guy. It's it, it it really is like working with a different person in some ways. And and same with Drew. I enjoy working with him very much. Always did, but it's a, it's a different guy now. And um, you know that that experience sometimes that's all it is. It's it's just getting more experience. And sometimes you get in the rut of WWE, and it's tough to take that gamble on yourself when you're making good money and you're you know, you're not in the position you want to be in, but the money's good and you're traveling and you're working every night and, man, you want to give that up and go try to hustle and struggle and do all those things. But if you take that time and invest in yourself, you take that opportunity to 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 gamble on you and make yourself into something more, it, it can pay off. And it, it, I'm happy that it did for Drew. I'm happy that it, it is for gender, all of them. Yeah, for sure. And um, just to kind of follow up, I wanted to ask you, in the last kind of 12 months, like I say, with SmackDown becoming another main roster brand um, and so many kind of departures from NXT of guys and girls have gone up, has that changed your strategy for NXT or has it adapted in any way in the last kind of 10 months? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've talked about it a little bit before, but when it's it's a difficult proposition, but it's what the brand is based on. And it can be a strength and it can also be a, a a hurdle, right? So, you know, when the, when the draft happened last year, basically we lost the entire women's division and had to start over. And and it takes a while. You you, you don't just wave a wand and go like, oh, look at all these women are now big stars that people buy. And as NXT continues to grow, that level of what people are willing to accept as 
a performer, a high-level performer in NXT, that bar has risen dramatically. They're not willing nearly as much to accept the, oh, well, this person's kind of good, but they're very green, but that's okay. We'll support them anyways. You know, they've, they've, mm-hmm. the expectation has, has risen. So um, it takes time. It takes time with the guys. It takes time with the girls. It takes time with all of it, and you have to try to creatively – uh, put all the pieces together and think long term, not short term. Sometimes that takes. It's a there's a little bit of a of a hurdle that you got to get over of time to to begin to things to percolate, you know. But that also happens to us behind the scenes, and I've mentioned it on this call before too as well. You know, we lost a lot of our back behind the scenes production people. We lost a lot of our editing team. I lost a lot of the team that was that was put together. And, and trust me, when you talk about these shows and uh, everything that happens on them, it's a team. It's a huge team that really makes these things sing, and people have their expertise in different things. And as you lose them, even at the performance center level where you're losing some of the creative uh, voice and you're losing some of those things, it takes a while to get over it. You know, Dusty was a, a massive loss and a massive gap in a, in a in a wheel that, that makes all this stuff happen. And, and it was hard... Not only to to put somebody else in in those places, but to have the talent that trusted him and that were really invested in him open up to somebody else, and you know it, it takes time. So um, I think we're starting to get in a great place now. Again, you talk about the expansion, Raw with its own brand, SmackDown with its own brand, NXT with its own brand, UK with its own you know pretty much own talent base that will continue to grow. Um, you know, we'll be doing this women's tournament. The, the amount of talent that we're being able to give exposure to globally because of the WWE network is massive, and that's where this all starts with that network. And, um, you know, over time, we want it to be, if, if you're a fan of our industry in any way, shape, or form, that WWE network is must-have because that's where you'll see everything. Yeah, thanks very much. Appreciate the time, and best of luck tomorrow. Thank you, man. And we'll take our next question from Raj Geary from Wrestling Inc. Um, hi, Triple H. Um, I wanted hey, to ask uh, about uh, Tommaso Ciampa's. Uh, it's, it appeared like he got, he suffered an injury at last night's uh, live event. Is there anything to that? Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, he um, he, he I, you know wasn't there. I didn't necessarily see it, but uh, from the report. Uh, he turned his ankle. I'm not sure exactly doing what, but he, he turned his ankle somewhere in there. Um, and uh, as a precaution, everything shut down and stopped, and, and they got him out of there. He went for an x-ray last night, um, and there's no, no break, no fracture, or anything. He's got an ankle sprain. Um, when I uh, text with him this morning, he was uh, feeling better and was, uh, was up moving around and, and felt like he was not going to have an issue um, with it, it did really wasn't bothering him. It was not nearly as bad as they thought it was. So um, he's up, moving around. That'll be for our medical team to decide. Um, obviously, our docs will look at him, and they're going to want to make sure that it's he's okay to go. But um, as of right now, he's in. Uh, but we'll see where that goes. It's uh, it'll be an interesting. Uh, day so to speak hopefully he, he can hang in there and you know i hate for him to lose that opportunity he, he and he and uh johnny are so excited you know chicago's where they cut their teeth man and and the opportunity for them to be there to
tag titles with AOP in, you know, what in some ways for them is their hometown, their home base. Um, I can't tell you how excited those two are about this, so I would hate to see that something ruin that for them. Um, this is a moment for them, and um, they're very, very excited about it. So, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sending out the good juju over the phone to, to Champa <laughs> so he can uh, he can make it, you know. And uh, just as a quick follow-up, I, I know you're not going to reveal any backup plans, but is there already uh, a backup in place just in case he isn't able to make the match? Well, let me tell you exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> well, I can't tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> if I knew, I'd tell you, honestly. Um, but at, right now, you know, like, look, it happened last night. Um, There's one of those things where, like, this is part of the game, man, and you you just kind of got to deal with it. So, I, so well, he, I got the word back last night, nothing broken, just an ankle sprain. We'll see how he feels. It was already feeling better at that point. Um, having been through that for years uh, with bad ankles and stuff, sometimes you think you've done it again and this is going to be a month or two, and then the next day you're like, well, it didn't bother me. So I've been there before. Um, I was kind of waiting on him today to, to get with the docs and, and see how he's feeling. So far, that seems like a positive thing. Um, if it worsens today, I will begin to go in the other room and put a thinking cap on and start trying to figure out what we do and how we make it happen. So, but uh, right now I'm going to keep a positive, keep a positive frame of mind and, and he will be there. Okay. Well, thanks Paul. And best of luck tomorrow. Thank you, man. And we will take our next question from Jim Farlsone from the Miami Herald. Yep. Paul. Jim. Hey, the selection process for the women's tournament are you able to talk a little bit about what you're looking for and the type of talent you're going to be bringing in for that? And will it be something like country by country where they're representing their country? Yeah, we're, 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 we want this to be global. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the interesting things with the women's tournament that when, when we first started to think about this, we weren't sure how, how high-end we could make it and how many women we could get to make it high end, right? It was it was a questionable. Just it's it's a funny thing. It's just by nature of what it is, there's just less women that do what we do out there. And but man, as we started to dig, especially much like we did with the cruiserweights, when we started to dig around these countries, um, we started to find like these little hidden gems everywhere that we went, and all of a sudden those numbers started to creep, and we were like, well, we went from maybe a 16-woman tournament to a 32-woman tournament, and now we have actually a lot of talent that the question is for us now is becoming, Oof, who do we put in this? You know, um, there's there's a lot of women that are probably should be in it and won't be in it, um, based on the fact that we're trying to make it internationally diverse, we're trying to make it culturally diverse. Um, we want it to be representative of, of of as much of the globe as possible. We're looking for veterans. We're looking for young and new and uh, athletic. We're looking for veterans that can that can help lead that. We're we're looking at all of it, you know, and we're trying to find the best balance, much like we did when we did the cruiserweights uh, tournament. You know, try to find that right balance and that right mix of of talent to make a, a magical tournament. So now that we kind of have everybody identified, it just becomes a process of what's the best, 
what's the best match of all these women? What are the best matchups? And, and that's the thing to me is like styles make these matches work. So stylistically, who works best from what countries and how? Um, and that, that is like putting together a massive puzzle. But that's, that is kind of where we're at right now is putting the puzzle together. And was there a hire of a first female referee for NXT and Kennedy Brink uh, from the Team 3D Academy? And if so, reason for that? And do we even know at this time she's going to work men and women's matches? Um, so uh, female referee has been something I've been working on for a while. Um, it's uh, exactly what it's going to net out to be. I'm not 100% sure yet, but that's something we've been working on for a while. I, I don't... I don't really see any difference why, you know, an authority figure can't be a female, a male can do men's matches, can do women's matches. I don't, I don't see the difference, to be honest, as long as uh, they're a good referee and can do all the things that referees in this industry do. Um, if that's the case, then I, I welcome that, that. I welcome them having that opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll take our next question from Sheldon Key from the Manchester Evening News. Hey, Sheldon. Hey, Triple H. Thanks a lot for the time. Um, obviously, the UK tournament's gone down really well here in the UK. You know, sold-out shows in Blackpool, another sold-out show last week in Norwich. But will Saturday night be a real test to see just how well they connect with the fans in the States? Uh, well, no, I mean, look... I if, if I if I question that, oh, I hope this works. I don't know that I would put it on takeover. Um, I've I've brought them around. I've used them at NXT. Um, I'm trying to keep them in the mix. I I put this match out there uh, in NXT because I know it'll be good. I know these guys will deliver, and I know um, even if you're not sure, if you haven't caught them yet, and you go like, oh, I've, I kind of heard a little bit about this, but I haven't seen it yet. I know they're going to convert you into a fan. So um, that, to me, is the goal. As, as we're moving down the line of trying to um, do what we're doing in the U.K. and in Europe in the right way and make sure that it's the right play and we're putting all those pieces together now and, and hopefully we'll have some announcements about that shortly uh, moving forward, you know, sometimes that takes a little longer than possible, but I've tried to keep them in the mix. You know, I've tried to, since the tournament, they were heavily involved at WrestleMania. Um, the guys were just talking to me the other day when I was in the UK about the experience. They worked, they worked a lot of matches at Access. They, they just had a, a lot of opportunity um, to do some really cool things that were, for them, sort of career-altering and, and their perspective, altered their perspective of, of what they can expect and what they can get. Um, I'm looking forward to working with these guys more and more and, you know, getting them to the Performance Center when we can, getting them further trained, working with them in the U.K. as we begin to do more and more shows and we begin to do more and more live events there um, with this brand that we can continue to grow them. Because I don't, you know, Tyler Bate, 19 years old. Pete Dunn is, I think, or well, actually he's 20 now, but I think Pete is 23. Um, but the upside on these guys long-term is massive. Um, and, you know, I, I, I look forward to them making a, a, a further name for themselves in the U.K., but then coming up that line, making a name for themselves in NXT and eventually making a name for themselves in Raw and SmackDown and, and, uh, and being as big a star as they could possibly be in this business. So 
uh, the, the, to me, the sky's the limit for all of them. But I think what's really cool is for the fans in the UK to be able to sit back and say, man, I watched this guy. He comes from just down the road. And, you know, uh, I've seen his career. I saw him uh, start with progress or whoever. And, and I watched him become that champion. I watched him move to the UK championship. I watched him move to NXT. I've seen his career evolve. Um, it's like being a fan of the band before they ever make it out of the clubs. And I think that's really the kind of cool investment point as a fan is that uh, you've, you've been watching it and seeing it before it was cool. And that's a part of being, um, you know, part of WWE Network, part of being a localized fan and everything that we do. And that's where we're trying to get to. We have Jim Ross commentating on the UK special tonight and on the UK title match tomorrow at TakeOver. How great is it to have JR back working with the company and, and uh, commentating on these UK matches? It's phenomenal. You know, um, Jim's been through a lot in the last, um, you know, few months, as you know, and, and um, I'm, I'm, well, is, this is something we were working on for a while anyways, and, and Jim coming back and doing stuff with us, and then, you know, he had a, a tragic thing in his life, and um, but I'm 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 sort of glad this is kind of coming to be. Not only um, for fans around the world, look, Jim's one of the best play-by-play guys ever, and should be doing what we do, and should be involved with us. And and I'm thrilled for him to kind of take that brand and own it, and and run with it, and and. Um, you know, just be involved in the things that we're we're doing right now because it's such an exciting time. But for him personally as well, kind of to have this, just a kind of an, another opportunity to get back in the saddle and and really invest him in, in invest himself and, and kind of deep dive back into work and have something to move forward on. So I'm excited for him. I can't wait to see him tomorrow. And um, you know, I, I know that he will add so much to that product, so much to that, um, just the brand in general. He, he lends a credibility, his emotion, his, uh, style. He was the voice of my era. Um, and, and he put that kind of backdrop to everything we did in a way that nobody else could have. And he made it uh, great. So I look forward to him doing the same with this. And I look forward to working with him very closely on it. Great. Thanks a lot, Triple H. Thank you. All right, guys, we've reached the uh, next caller. That'll be the last one for the call. Thank you. Hi, Paul. Thanks so much for taking the call today. Hey, Nick. How's it going? Good. Um, uh, I'm going to ask about Roderick Strong. How do you think he's adapting to the uh, WWE? Uh, Look, I think he's adapting very well. I I think that... Roderick is a, a phenomenal talent and a incredibly hard worker and a and a just a great guy. And you know, he, but he but he's not the biggest character, right? He's not the most out there personality wise, and he's not the biggest thing. So you you know, you need to find ways for people to connect with talent and who they are and what their struggles are. Roderick's a guy that you know. Can you create a character for him? Yeah, but kind of, am I going to write anything better than his real life story? Probably not. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's got an incredible story and, um, it, it, but it's tough as a performer to open that up to the world and show him the real you and let that get out there. And he was, we talked about it and he was ready for it and open for it. And, um, 
we did these, you know, these kind of mini docs on him, and I think they've done wonders for him. You know, I think they've done wonders for him from a fan standpoint, but I don't think they've done wonders for him as a person and it opening him up to the possibilities of um, allowing himself to emotionally connect to the crowd in a way that he's never had that emotional connection before. And, that, and that's what that's what this whole process is about. You come into the performance center, it's uh, it's growing. It, you know, where you were as a, as a performer, no matter how great or what you were doing, you learn something new in a different way and you become something more. That's what this is all about, becoming something more. Um, and I think he's doing a phenomenal job of that and he's wide open to it and working really hard. And I think he's a, he's a, he's a young, smart guy and the, and the future is wide open for him. Awesome. Uh, and my uh, last question here then is obviously you guys, have taken a real interest in the UK. You've signed up a bunch of talent. You are going to be launching a TV show or a network show over there. Uh, what is the next big market that you kind of have your eye on once the uh, UK situation, you know, gets under control here? You know, I think that's the question, right? We have to sit back internally and um, begin to talk about that. Like as as we get further down the, the road with the UK show, and and that brand, so to speak, and I want to make sure I emphasize that brand. Um, then it becomes okay. So now now we've done that one. So now what's next? And that that becomes the strategic thought for us: is where do we go? There's it's a big world, and there's a lot of uh, thoughts and questions, and and um, who who wants it the most? Where's the biggest kind of benefit? to not only the fan base, but to the WWE. Um, and, and we get asked it all the time, you know, is that uh, we were just in, in Dubai, for example, with a with a very uh, public forward-facing tryout. Well, that, that, that brings up a lot of thoughts and ideas in the market and a lot of people asking for what we can do differently there and more there and be on the ground there and localized content there. So that becomes a, a – that, that gets put on the table. China gets put on the table. South America gets put on the table. Australia gets put on the table. Um, everywhere, and and it just becomes strategic conversations now as we kind of get one rolling. Hopefully, here in the near future, what is that next step? And and um, when we know, we'll tell you surely because um, it'll be exciting. And for that market. It's massive. For the world, it's massive. I think the great thing about the network is it makes the world a bigger place and that you can see these brands that are totally different from far away on the other side of the globe, but a smaller place and that you can turn on your TV and just see it. And, um, you know, turn on or, or your iPad or your iPhone or your mobile device, whatever it is, you can just watch it from anywhere in the world And when we get to that point. So, it's an exciting time. It really is. And, and um, I think if you, it's funny how as it changes, if you were to look back and say the things that we're doing in the UK right now, uh, five years ago, people would have said, you're out of your mind. Or if you were to look back and say what we're doing with the cruiserweights now, I think some people would have said, you're out of your mind. What we're going to do with the women, you're out of your mind. Like there's, there's a lot of it. And um, I, I know what I see in my head I wouldn't begin to envision what Vince has in his head, <laughs> uh, as, as awesome as it would be. Um, but, you know, I can tell you it's all really, really cool and expansive. And, man, if, if you're a fan of what we do, 
if you're a fan of what happens in that ring um, and outside of it and the art of the story of what we do on a day-to-day basis, the it's just, I can't, for me as a fan, man, it is just the most exciting time of all the things we're doing and the different opportunities that are there um, for fans, for uh, the talent. It's it's just huge. And um, I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So um, I, I know, you, you know, we brought up the U.K. a lot. I just want to put out a reminder that NXT is going to be there um, in June. We had June 5th in Aberdeen, the 6th in Manchester, the 7th in Leeds, the 8th in Brighton, and the 9th and through 11th. Uh, we're at the Download Festival for the second year in a row. Um, once we did Download last year, they just uh, they just wanted to um, they, they they needed to have it again, man. And and um, that's what's exciting. The fan base for NXT just continues to grow. The excitement around it continues to grow. And again, that's an exciting uh, exciting thing and an exciting time. Awesome. Hey, uh, thanks so much for the time and uh, enjoy your very busy weekend. Thank you, man. All right, guys, that'll wrap up today's call with just a few closing comments. Hey, uh, so, again, just in talking about all this, thank you guys for the support. I did want to mention a couple of just little things that I thought were really cool that will be happening recently. Sometimes, you know, uh, opportunities happen, doors open up, and and things take place. And as the women's tournament um, is evolving and growing, and, and in some ways in my mind I feel like it's going to become this cultural event, uh, in some ways um, for the women supporting other women and I cannot tell you how many women uh, performers from the past and and um, current that are just asking every day if they can just in some way be a part of this even if it's just sitting in the crowd if it's any of it so man the excitement level is just cool and I look forward to giving them that opportunity but then also um, just you know every year things go by Hall of Fame happens and you connect with people you haven't for a long time and um, you know Alundra Blaze is going to be at the Performance Center I think next week and just kind of deep diving into her passion being back for the business and she's done monster truck driving and she's just invigorated by it and being around it and coming to the performance center and seeing the young guys and girls and everybody and how hungry they are. And she's invigorated by it. And Alundra is going to be down there uh, kind of digging in and seeing how she can help or what she could be a part of. Ricky Morton is going to be at the PC um, kind of guest coaching. And, you know, it's just, it's exciting that even people that have that wealth of knowledge that haven't been around for a long time, in our world, still doing their thing or whatever, but maybe there's a way that they can come back in and um, just be excited about the changes in the business. And, you know, a guy like Ricky Morton that I'm sure, um, I'm sure didn't have a performance center when he was uh, coming up in the business. And I'm sure when he goes through there and looks at it and sees all of it, it's just mind blowing to him. And it's cool to see that, that, um, a generational change and, and see what in in many ways a guy like Ricky Morton has greatly contributed to the business becoming over the years. So I'm excited for that. Um, busy weekend. I hope you guys all enjoy. Start out with the UK tournament, uh, UK special tonight. Big network weekend takeover tomorrow. I look forward to to, uh, to pushing the envelope with NXT and, and those guys raising the bar. Uh, for the main roster to try to have to follow the next night and uh, 
And all of it. So uh, thank you very much. I look forward to talking to you all again. And again, it, like we say every time, phone lines are open. If you need something, please feel free to call. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy all the events this weekend, streaming live on the W Network. Take care.